Hi, and welcome back to Dear Mom, Love Daughter. We're here each week to discuss life's highs and lows through the lens of a mother-daughter relationship. And this is a continuation of our Dear Mom, Love Son episode with Bonnie and Gabe Beer. So if you haven't tuned in to part one of this episode already, then feel free to do so. And if you have already, then welcome back. And, and now I, I do want to talk about the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle, because I've read this book cover to cover and back again, I, and I want to read it again. And I'm reading it now. And Becca's reading it now. And literally every day we, we, we have, if we have one conversation a day, it's like, oh my God, this book, oh my God. And I remember the first time I was reading it through, if anybody was within earshot of me, I would grab them and say, you got to hear this, listen to this. And I'd read it out loud because I couldn't believe how meaningful and important the words in this book are. And they just ring true. And what you're saying, Gabe, is is there's a whole chapter called Boys because uh, Glennon Doyle, the author, has two daughters and a son. And... She talks so much about how society uh, makes women feel like they need to be small and they need to be quiet and they need to be dainty and these feminine things and they need to be caged. And the point of the book, Untamed, is like, hell no, they don't need to be. They need to be uncaged. They need to be untamed. And we need to raise our daughters to be big. And. But then there's this chapter on boys and she talks about the media and what you're saying about what you're seeing and what's like coming at you every single day through all different forms of media about what it is to be masculine, what it is to be a boy, what it is to be a man. And um, and she I'm trying to think the best spot of this chapter to read, but I think I'll, I want to read a little excerpt. So in the chapter boys, she wakes up after watching news segment after news segment where boys had either been involved in violent crimes or had taken their own life because they were bullied or were involved in a shooting or or hazing or hazing, all sorts of things. And she, she says, Oh my God, This is what it looks like for boys to try to comply with our culture's directions. They are not allowed to be whole either. Boys are in cages too. And she goes on to say that boys who believe that real men are all powerful will cheat and lie and steal to claim and keep power. Boys who believe that girls exist to validate them will take a woman's rejection as a personal affront to their masculinity. Boys who believe that open, vulnerable connection between men is shameful will violently hate gay boys. Boys who believe that men don't cry will become men who rage. Boys who learn that pain is weakness will die before they ask for help. Being an American boy is a setup. We train boys to believe that the way to become a man is to objectify and conquer women, value wealth and power above all, and suppress any emotions other than competitiveness and rage. Then we are stunned when our boys become exactly what we have trained them to be. And I think what you're saying is you were in involved in this struggle because that's not what you were being raised to be at home 
but everything else in the media and in the school setting was setting up to be that. And it's really, really challenging to grow up boy. Mm-hmm. But the, another interesting thing about that is that in that chapter, right, she talks about be that because it's masculine. Don't be that because it's feminine. But we just have we've sat here at this point for over an hour almost. And Gabe, you've talked about how much you admire your mom and how much like goodness that she's instilled in you. And inherently, if you're if you're being raised by a mom, um, you're going to have those qualities in you. That's, that's humanity. That's part of being human. And those are some of your best qualities and your most important qualities and what makes you, you. So you can't, even though society keeps imposing this power struggle or the, this want and need for power and how to, how to sustain your power through wealth and rage and all these macho attributes, you will always have that aspect of your mom in you. I also think that every son has a mother, but it doesn't mean that they embrace their, you know, from their mother. Like in the book, when you're describing what these men turn out to, they probably had very nice moms behind them. Mm-hmm. who tried their hardest to instill the other qualities, the the more emotional, soft, sensitive, kind, thoughtful, but they still sort of pushed out in order to be successful because in society, that's how they were. I mean, Gabe sort of talked about that when he talked about being a bully at school versus then how different it was at home. And I think it's really how you balance that and what you take with you, because I still know, you know, plenty of, you know, young adults who have the nicest parents in the world, yet I see how aggressive they are and, you know, just just very, very different. So it's really embracing what you have and really figuring out where the balance falls. Mm hmm. And what I would say to that, Mom, and I actually just pose a, a question to you, because as, right, I feel like at least the way I had matured, there were a lot of obstacles. There were a lot of hurdles that we had to overcome together, uh, you, Dad, and I, whether that was me not have me not knowing how to write an essay and then having you know feeling having panic attacks left and right because i felt like i wasn't good enough uh to write an essay or maybe it was going into high school 411 you know and being the ultra emasculated character who has no weight to him has no muscle who has nothing you know um being the smallest in my friend group not having the musical capabilities that a lot of my other friends had but what I did have, and I'd love your perspective on, is is this music, is, is this character of Bruce Springsteen, this ultra-masculine character of someone who is kind of like the, the American, uh, you know, he is the strong male, you know, picture-perfect icon. And as someone who is 4'11 for me and, and young and, and who had nothing really, listening to his music... 
I don't know, it gave me this kind of personality or to learn from. And I'm wondering from your side as a parent, did you see any of that? Did you see kind of this other character parenting me in a different light? And how did you respond to that as my mom? I was so grateful that you found a voice that spoke to you in music. And Bruce Springsteen is a poet. And it's, you know, it may be like masculine rock and roll and energy and, you know, just like, I mean, he definitely, he's a very like macho guy, but the things he's saying are life's lessons. And, you know, there's not meanness under there. It's kindness. It's thoughtfulness. It's how do you approach a situation? And the situation may not always be great. It's about hardships that people have. And, and, you know, you felt that. And you may not have felt that to such intensity if you weren't as in touch with your emotion. It was not just the music that spoke to you, but it was the feeling and the words and what he was saying. I also think it's just the openness to art and being able to embrace another person's creativity, which was something that you and dad had allowed Max, Alex and I to do up until that point and and continue to let us do. And, you know, that's that's why, you know, I'm so thankful as a son that I've been able to explore things in so many different lights. We, we already mentioned this, but explore things in so many different lights, try to be as happy as possible, but also really pick down and, and understand art um, just as it is. I know, you know, your mother is an, is an artist and there's no doubt that, at least in my perspective, the way that I was raised from... You know, since the beginning, but through like the more pivotal years, that being middle school and early high school, there's no doubt that these key lessons of embracing hardship, embracing emotion, right? Uh, Not really triggering physicality, but, you know, taking a step back and being introspective. These are all things that I had to learn. I had to be taught. I, I, I wouldn't be able just to go to college and say, oh, this is amazing. You know, now, now I can empathize with someone, this, this and that. It's something you actually have to learn and, and be taught. And at least from my perspective where I'm sitting, I, I, think, I think I can, you know, empathize pretty well. But that's because of you. It, it also was the element like both of you, Gabe and Bonnie, just said about Bruce allowing you to express and Bruce was expressing his emotions through his music, despite his masculine facade. Um, And listening to his music for you was a way of not only feeling and recognizing those emotions, but it, it like brought it out of you. And that's the practice of, feeling is is recognizing those feelings and recognize that those feelings are okay and other people have them but if you can't express them that's the problem and i think art as a industry as a whole any form of art music um paintings movies whatever it is pick photographs they're all expressions of things and and in sports, like you you were saying, like physical versus emotional, sports is physical expression, but it's there's kind of one that's like a very one track minded way of expressing. And 
I think it's amazing that you guys grew up in a household that was very expression focused and you all expressed in very different ways. And so you got really diverse. Like you were into sports and your brothers were into theater or art or music. And you had this really interesting intersection of all these different ways of expressing and you could practice with that. And that's why you are the way you are. And as parents, you guys have allowed your kids to express in many different ways. It's interesting because I think what's missed often is that when you think about what makes a person so fantastically attractive, and I mean that in like in a very big sense, not just physical attraction, but who they are as a person. And you think about you th- you say Bruce is macho and and this icon, but it's I think what makes him macho actually is the fact that he expresses his feelings. And I think, you know, when you think about any rock singer who people are just mind-bogglingly in love with, and you think about, say, the Beatles. Well, was it just that they were cute or was it that they were on the stage in a, they had a charisma about them, sure, but they expressed feelings and that made you internally have those feelings. And then suddenly they're even like way more attractive than if you had just passed them on the street. And I think that that's true for so many artists because they are capable of expressing their feelings and their emotions. They are these vastly um, intriguing and attractive people. Well, I also think what you touched on is is really important. What I what I love so much about the way that I at least I grew up was there was such an openness to experiencing. There was an openness to trying new things out. It wasn't, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself. If you like one thing, you got to stick in that, you got to be doing this left right, you know, this that. But at least for me, I had a lot of phases in my life. I had a lot of different experiences, whether that was my mandolin phase, whether that was my filmmaking phase. I mean, I'm still into the filmmaking, but you know, I was definitely more into the actual short film production uh, going into uh, my senior year of high school. And the thing is, you and dad, obviously, uh, but you know, you, you were always there to say, let's see where it goes right? Let's see what happens. If you're happy right now, let's preserve that and try to hold that for as long as possible. Let's live in that and recognize the kind of emotion that's valuable compared to trying to fit a mold. I definitely felt like you had mentioned having these older brothers who are very successful in their own front, Alex having straight A's going to Northwestern, uh, for you know uh, po- political science, and then Max doing Broadway or you know theater, but then getting into the Cherubs program, going into Northwestern and killing it, you know, producing WAMU. And then there's me, right? There was there was me who I kind of drifted around. I didn't get the straight A's that that you and Dad may have wanted. I didn't really stick to one exact sport. I didn't have one specific art art field that really stuck out to me. But you guys were always there saying just embrace it. You know, there's going to be, you have to adapt. You're going to have to change and try to be happy. 
I definitely agree with this idea of emotion being a, a line, right? And to what extent, at least a guy, um, you know, kind of on, on, on just me growing up, definitely expressing emotion in public. You know, if you get hurt in gym class, you don't cry. You don't cry. That doesn't happen, right? You just, you walk it off or you go to the nurse's office, then you cry there, you know, behind the closed door. But so, so the idea is, I guess, to, to summarize or to talk about where, where we've been, it definitely seems like having that embracement of emotion, of creativity, really promotes a full scope upbringing in a way where it's not just competitiveness. It's not just sports, 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 but it's opening doors and it's opening perspectives to other stories, to other ways of life that aren't stereotypical, right? And that, that, that's just kind of continuing the conversation here. That's where it sounds like where we've, where we've been talking about and where we may be going. I think that's exactly it. What you said about having this conversation is a great place to start. And it is. It's, it brings to light the areas of life that we should try and venture more into to help us grow as people or create a more whole sense of self with emotion and sportiness by stepping away from those stereotypes and opening ourselves up to experiences that are new to us and that we haven't really thought about in any type of way before. So I think this is a really good place to end off the discussion and transition into our high fives. So normally we end the podcast where um, if, if you're comfortable, we would ask our guests to give each other, you, Bonnie, give to Gabe and Gabe, you give to your mom a high five because sometimes your whole week can go by and you feel like nobody said anything to lift your spirits mm-hmm. per se. And so that's why we came up with the high five. So if you're comfortable, then I'd love you two to give each other a high five. So I'll start. So Gabe, throwing you out a high five today. And, you know, it's been amazing to talk about raising you and really, you know, seeing now what an incredible young man you have become and where your journey's going. And I love the fact that you recognize the importance of being sensitive, being empathetic. Like it's not that it's in you, but you understand why it's in you and you recognize why it's so important. And I'm just so proud of you and just so excited to see where post-college your journey is going to take you. And I love you so much. Oh, that was beautiful, Mom. (laughs) That's really tough to beat. Okay. I'm going to, one, I received the high five and I will dish a high five back out. Um, I could go on and on about how fierce you are, Ma. I could go on and on about how resilient, how no obstacles in your way. You put 120% into everything you do. I could I could go on and on, but I'll save that because I feel like I've, I've told you many times about how amazing you are at that. What I do want to say, and this is from a a son talking to a mother here. I want to give you a high five for trusting me. I want to give you a, right. I want to give you a high five for recognizing that although everyone has their own obstacles, you 
have allowed me and have parented me to be in a position where I'm very confident approaching those obstacles. You know, I really want to thank you for, you know, for your resilience, but also for teaching me how to be resilient and then trusting me to be resilient on my own. I can imagine it's very difficult to be a mother to, you know, send their kid off to college. And then, you know, right out of college, that kid is going to stay where he's living. You know, he's, he's moving there. He's going to get a car. Now he's going to get an apartment of his own. Things are happening very, uh, very fast, but it sounds, and it seems like you trust me. And I would love that because it makes me feel very confident in not only the person that I've grown up to be, but the person that I'm very excited to grow into. Wow. That was amazing, Gabe. Thank you. That's beautiful. I'm like, I got that high five and I'm going to cherish that high five for a long time. Yeah. Wow. Those were such beautiful high fives and what a great way to end a beautiful episode and such an engaging and fun and also difficult discussion. I know that both my mom and I learned a lot and thank you guys for joining us on Dear Mom, Love Daughter, or in this case, Dear Mom, Love Son. And to our listeners, thanks again for tuning in on this two-part episode of Dear Mom, Love Daughter, and we'll see you guys next week.